Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. How much of your life would you say has been characterized by trials, sufferings, or difficulties? When you go through difficult circumstances, do you walk through them with Jesus, or do you just wait for them to end? Let's open our Bibles now to 1 Peter 5 and see what the Lord has for us. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It is, uh, it's New Year's Eve. It's uh, December 31st, 2020. It is a little after 1 p.m. here in Texas. And uh, what do we have? In Texas, we have 11 hours left of 2020. So hopefully, hopefully everyone's doing well and uh, hopefully y'all had a had a good year in growing in Jesus. It's been a tough year, um, a COVID year, a year like none of us have ever thought or experienced. It's been uh, it's been a time of difficulty for for uh, for tens of millions of Christians and for billions of people. Really, when you think about it, um, uh, this coronavirus has affected everyone in the world in in substantial and in meaningful ways. Uh, again, not in ways since, you know, my understanding is like the, the 1900 Black Plague or something. Um, it's been a hundred years since we've had a, a virus like this. And, uh, you know, as Christians, it's our job to take these events and to, and to really see what Jesus is, is trying to teach us. We're supposed to grow from, from things like this. And most importantly, we're supposed to help others. Um, at times like this is when uh, millions can turn to Jesus Christ as their only Lord and Savior. And so this will uh, be the last teaching of uh, 2020. It's been a good year. Um, again, hopefully it's been a year where we've grown closer to Jesus and just more intimate in our relationship you know, with him and with our Heavenly Father and with the Holy Spirit. Uh, for the last teaching today, it's going to be 1 Peter chapter 5. It's going to be verses 6 through 11. Very, very profound scriptures. I chose this today because we, uh, we had our last Bible study with all the leaders of Kingdom Discipleship today. And, uh, and a brother of ours, uh, his name is Dustin, who um, he is, he's moved to Nebraska and um, he is a uh, he's a software engineer and does does uh, does computer work. Pretty sharp guy. Um, we had asked today all the different guys to uh, to share a scripture or two that has meaning, you know, for them and what and what they're looking forward to. A scripture that represents, you know, what they're looking forward to in uh, 2021. And Dustin, uh, Dustin shared these verses um, and said that. Uh, you know, these were the verses that that he really wanted to see himself grow in and help others grow in in the coming year. So for those following along in their Bibles, it's 1 Peter chapter 5, 
verses 6 through 11. Um, we'll go ahead and read it, and then we'll pray, and then we will uh, we'll get rolling. Verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Well, Father, we do love you and we bless you and we thank you. We thank you for the word of God. And Father, as always, above all, we thank you for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for for this year, 2020. Father, it's been a uh, a difficult year um, for the entire world in so many ways. Um, Father, you allowed this virus to come, and we do ask you to help us to learn what you would have us to learn from it. Father, at the same time, we do pray for, for healing and mercy for all those who are, who are dealing with this COVID sickness. Um, and Father, above all, we pray that you would draw millions, if not billions, unto you, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, through this difficult time. And Father, we do pray that, uh, that, that you, would, you would swiftly remove this virus from the world, um, that we could be unhindered by it. All the while, Father, helping us to draw closer to you through it. Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us now as we open your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. What does this mean to humble yourself under God's mighty hand? Well, it's, uh, for most of us, it's very, very hard to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand because we always want to have our hands on the reins. We want to have our hands controlling everything. And, you know, it gets to a point uh, when you're in difficulty, whatever the difficulty may be. Um, the difficulty could be a physical difficulty. It could be, uh, it could be an emotional difficulty. It could be a mental difficulty. Um, whatever it is that you're struggling with, the best place to be is to completely and totally surrender and humble yourself at the feet of Jesus. And the way you do that is you just go to him and you say to him just plainly, you say, Father, Lord Jesus, I, I, I can't do it. I give this to you, whatever it is, whatever it is you're struggling with. You could, you could be struggling in a relationship. 
It could be a, a marriage. It could be with a child. Um, it could be with a friend. Uh, it could be in your finances. Um, it could be with depression. W- whatever it is, you want to go earnestly. And, and you may have to do this over and over and over and over. Uh, I do, certainly. And just say, you know, Father, I give this to you. I give this sickness to you. I give this sadness to you. I give this relationship to you, Father. And I ask you to do with it as you please. The reason that's so hard is because we have our own ideas about how we want things to go. I know I do. I like my own way. I do. I want my own way all the time. And when I need to surrender that, when I need to humble myself under what Jesus has for me, you know, sometimes that's, that's hard for me because I, you know, I want what I want. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. If we won't humble ourselves under his hand, he can't lift us up. What is it that keeps us from humbling ourselves? It's pride. It's, it's, it's our wants. It's our desires. And, 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 and we think, you know, we know what's best. And that's what gets in the way of, of us humbling ourselves under the hand of God, releasing everything unto him, right? Giving it to him. Now, whatever the situation is, whatever's going on in your life, you know, you still, you know, let's say you're, you're not happy in your, in your present job. It doesn't mean you just quit. It means you surrender it to the Lord and you just keep going to your work day by day and doing the work in a very godly Christ-like way. And if you are, if it's a very difficult situation for you, you say, you know, Father, I commit this unto you and I'm going to be willing to do it. Um, as long as you have me to do it, right? Obviously, if you're, if you're not feeling well, you're praying and asking him to heal you. You're, you, you are going to the doctor and trying to get the, uh, the help that you need. And you're saying, you know, Father, I do want to be made well. I do want to feel well. And Father, I humble myself under your hand. And if you'll have that attitude, whatever it is, uh, if you're emotionally dis- uh, distressed or depressed, um, or anxious, right? These are, these are hard things. The same thing, you know, father, I don't want to be anxious. Who wants to be anxious? It's terrible. You know, but it's, it's oftentimes he allows you, as we're going to see here to walk through these things, because when you do, you come out of the other side of them. You'll come out. He says in verse 10, restored, strong, firm and steadfast by Jesus himself making you strong, firm and steadfast. But it has to start with your willingness to humble yourself. Because if you won't humble yourself, none of the rest of the scriptures are going to make a difference. If we won't just get to a position that says, Lord, not my will, but yours be done, then nothing else can apply. And as I've said this before, in many aspects of my life, I am not a thy will be done man. I'm a my will be done man. 
And we want to get to that place in humility before Jesus, where we just completely set our entire lives in all our specific situations before him and say, Lord, I do humble myself before you and I give you this situation. And if you'll do that, uh, the word of God promises that, that he will lift you up in due time. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't like due time. I like my time. I want to be able to pray that right now. And then I want everything I want to be better in the next five minutes. But it says that he'll lift you up in due time. Because obviously, if that was the case, if prayer was a gumball machine where I, where I prayed and immediately I got everything I wanted, then I wouldn't learn anything. So it's the process that our Father's interested. You've heard it's the journey uh, that is the destination. Where most of us are looking for some amazing destination, Dustin, where your Heavenly Father is concerned with the journey, the moment by moment, day by day, week by week, month by month journey. Verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So again, you cannot do this unless you first have humbled yourself. Okay, You can't skip the steps. You know, I'm convicted right now that in order for me to humble myself, I have to ask forgiveness for my pride. You remember the scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It's actually in the verse preceding these verses. In verse 5, you know, it says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility. Why does it say clothe yourself with humility? I wasn't planning on, on talking about this verse. But the reason you got to put it on is it's not on naturally. We all got to get dressed with humility every day because that's not our natural disposition. Our natural disposition, regrettably, is, is pride and, uh, and, and oftentimes selfishness. To clothe yourself with humility, you put your clothes on when you get up in the morning because they're not already on. It says clothe yourself with hu humility. Put on humility, it says, toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And then it says in verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. So you see, if you don't humble yourself, then the Lord is opposed to you and opposed to me, and we can't receive any of these blessings. If we won't humble ourselves, we can't cast all our anxiety on him. So you see, there's a process in all this. There's a deliberate process. And again, the way you do this is just, is just in, in prayer and in thought, and in your decisions, you're just going to agree with the word of God and the heart of God for everything in your life. So if you will humble yourself under the hand of Jesus, you'll, you'll take your hands off it and you're going you're gonna to do it his way. Now, in that state, in that state of humbling yourself before him, you can cast all your anxiety on him. Now, if you're not going to choose to humble yourself, if you and I are going to continue to choose to do things our own way, we're not going to be able to cast all our anxiety on them. Because the anxiety is going to stay because we're still in our own pride 
and doing things in our own way and what we think best. Does that make sense? So when you humble yourself, then you can go to him and say, Father, I just give you everything. I give you all this anxiety I have about my finances. I give you all this anxiety, Lord Jesus, about my work. You can just lift your hands to heaven and say, Jesus, I give it to you. I ask you to take it. I give you all this anxiety about, about sickness. And look what it says. It says that he cares for you. You know, you've heard if, if, uh, if you've been in church for, for really any moment at all, there's a massive overarching theme in the Bible that, that your heavenly father loves you. He truly does love you unconditionally. He cares for you with everlasting and eternal love. He doesn't want you to be anxious. He doesn't want me to be anxious. And we don't have to be. This scripture is telling us we don't have to be. Now, listen, uh, I'm not saying it's by any means easy to just pray and say, okay, I'm not anxious anymore. That would be great, wouldn't it? I just say a nice little prayer, pow, 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 anxiety gone. It doesn't work that way. It's a journey. It's a process. And so it's a process you'll have to continue in. If you'll continue to humble yourself, if you'll continue to put on humility, and golly, Lord, I need, I mean, I I don't know if there's anything I need more help with. Um, I ask you to help us, Father. Help me and help us one and all, Father, just to, just to humble ourselves, Lord, before you in everything. And everything we're doing, Lord, help us to just humble ourselves before you and to follow the word of God and the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lead us, Holy Spirit, that we might do this and begin to do this in this upcoming year like we never have before. Help us, Holy Spirit, to cast all our anxiety on you, to give it to you, Jesus. Lord, we know that that we really are told to be anxious for nothing. Um, we know, Lord, that that you're not anxious. We know that you, that that you are in ultimate control of our lives. And so, Lord, help us to to truly give all our anxiety about all our difficulties and trials and sufferings and fears to you. And Lord, we do know that you do care for us and love us. That you love us unconditionally. So, if you have not heard that. Uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they all love you and me completely and totally and unconditionally. It's called an agape love. It has nothing to do with us. They don't love us because of us. Frankly, they love us in spite of us because we're not the most lovable creatures. I'm not for sure. Um, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He does love you. Verse 8 is not easy. Be self-controlled and alert, Dustin. What does that mean, be self-controlled? When there's a lot going on in our lives, you know, and maybe maybe y'all don't have this problem, but, you know, when things aren't going our way, when things are difficult, when trials come in our lives, sometimes we're not as self-controlled as we ought to be. Sometimes we say some things that we ought not to say. Stephen. Sometimes we behave in ways 
um, that are just, uh, that are clearly not biblical. So just try to get this picture. Peter is obviously talking about times, difficult times, strenuous times, uh, COVID times, right? And in those times, it's our job. We want to cast our anxiety on him. But while you're going through this process, you do need to be self-controlled. We need to control ourselves, control our thoughts, control our words, and, and certainly control our actions. I was talking to a, uh, a brother of mine, Chris, today, and uh, a sharp guy, and uh, I've been spending uh, some time with him. And he, he confessed that, uh, you know, that, that, that he hadn't, he didn't do very well, that he wasn't very self-controlled when, uh, a gentleman requested something of him and he said he didn't have it. And when Chris told him that he couldn't give him what he was asking for, cause he, he truly didn't have it. Um, the, the man was, uh, was very vulgar in his response. And unfortunately, my man Chris did not respond and say, Brother, I appreciate those vulgarities that, that uh, you gave me, and I just love you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's not what Chris did. But he did tell me that he repented, you know, just moments later. Um, because, uh, you know, he, he, he does want to be the kind of man that even if he's mistreated, and disrespected that that he can be self-controlled and loving in return and you know that's what matters uh we're gonna make mistakes but what bless me about the story is that he he immediately repented and and and, and asked god to forgive him and said i, I want to do better be self-controlled um you notice that peter commands us to do this that we have to do it. We have to choose to control ourselves. Um, I don't know if I've said this before, but you know, Jesus never reacted, ever. Jesus would never react. He never allowed the situation or person to control him. He only acted Chris, right? So when we react, right? When somebody says something to us that's insulting or vulgar or cursory, and we say something back in a harsh way, we, we've reacted. We allowed that person to control what we have done. Where Jesus never allowed the situation or the person to dictate how he would behave, um, which like in everything else is a perfect example to us. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Verse 9, resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. Dustin made a good point when he, was, uh, when he had shared that he wanted to do better in these verses is that he said that, you know, oftentimes he's, he, you know, in the past, he, he had a tendency to forget that there were other people going through some difficult things as well. Sometimes, you know, sometimes when I'm going through a problem, I think I'm the only one struggling because that's really all I care about. 
But Peter goes out of his way. The word of God goes out of its way to say, no, no, no. There's people all over the world dealing with what you're dealing with. It's an amazing perspective, isn't it? Because um, when, when we're going through difficulties, uh, my wife May and I were talking about how we want to do a better job because, you know, we never, we never have the same zeal when we're praying. We do pray for when people are sick and when they're going through struggles. But why is it never the same as when, it, when you're in it? When you're going through it, it's always so much harder, right? And, and we want to be, you know, more zealous. Again, we do pray uh, and, and lift up people and consistently are, are interceding on behalf of other people. But man, when you're going through it, it's just everything seems harder, right? And, uh, you know, it gets very easy to all we think about is what's going on in our lives and in our situation. But as Dustin pointed out that uh, Peter's letting, letting you know that people all over the world, brothers throughout the world, are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Um, it's a hard deal. You know, we, uh, you know, the Lord allows sufferings into our lives as Christians so that we might grow closer to Christ. You know, uh, Brother Jesse this morning, his verse was, uh, you know, out of James 1, 1 and 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I think that's verse 3 and 4. Uh, yeah, I mean, just this idea that that we would embrace our difficulties and embrace our sufferings and and go through them with the idea that the Lord is uh, is helping us to mature. Um, that perspective would do us would do us immense good. It says that the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Um, it's important to understand if you're in Jesus Christ today that that the Holy Spirit lives in you. The Spirit of Jesus lives in you. And the spiritual forces of darkness, the devil, the demons, um, they can attack you, but they cannot own you. They cannot possess you because you are possessed by Jesus Christ. They can uh, attack you. They can try to, to, to put thoughts into your mind. Um, you know, they can uh, make an effort to discourage you. But if Jesus Christ is living in you today, if you've called on Jesus and asked him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life and save you from your sin, bring you to heaven when you die, then the enemy, the spiritual forces of evil, the demons, the devil, um, they cannot possess you because you are possessed and owned in the spirit of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Um, so they can, they can attempt to oppress you, but they cannot possess you. Um, but it says here that we need to be alert because the devil, the spiritual forces of evil are prowling around like a, a, a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And, and obviously Peter says this here because the time that we're most susceptible to this is in difficulties and in sufferings. 
And when we're going through difficulties and sufferings, it, it can be very hard. You know, doubt can creep into our mind. And hence, verse 9, resist him standing firm in the faith. So you resist him just by, by Jesus. You resist him by just praising Jesus. You resist him by proclaiming Jesus. You resist him by praying to Jesus. How do you resist the devil? You talk about Jesus. You remind yourself about all that Jesus has done for you. You thank Jesus. You praise Jesus. You worship Jesus. You sing to Jesus. You, you, you speak the word of God through the Son of God, Jesus. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Right? You just proclaim when you're going through the difficulties, thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, I invite you into this situation. I give this to you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I, I cast it on you. I thank you, Jesus, that you are my Lord, my Savior, my God, my Master, my King, my husband. We're the bride of Christ. Resist him. So when doubt comes in, and this is telling us that the enemy looks to devour you by making you think you're alone. The enemy may make you think that this will never end. The enemy will, will always want to give you all kinds of doubt. But look what it's going to say here. It's not going to last forever. But while you're in the middle of the hardest times, it seems like it'll never end. And that's you got to resist that because that's from the enemy. That's from the spiritual forces of darkness. It says resist him standing firm in the faith. Firm in the fact that Jesus has you. Firm that you are under God's mighty hand. Verse 6. Firm that you're going to go through whatever the Lord has you to go through because you and I are going to be, Father, not my will, but thy will be done, men and women. Resist them, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. It's not just you. It's not just me. All over the world, people are, are, are dealing with these things. And you want to be in prayer for them as well. We tend, as I said, to pray for ourselves and our own difficulties. But you, you do want to be consistently praying for other people and, and zealously doing that and for their difficulties and their sufferings and their trials. Finishing up, verse 10. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Verse 11, to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Golly, Lord Jesus. Wow. Wow. And the God of all grace. Look at, look at this verse. Who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. After you have suffered a little while. You know, this verse says that all of this is in the plan of Jesus. It's all in the scope 
of Christ. Your heavenly father knows about all this. Look at this. Why does it say after you have suffered a little while? Wouldn't we prefer that we not suffer a little while? Yeah. It says after you've suffered a little while, meaning he is allowing you to go through these things. And after you have gone through them for a little while, it will end. It says it's not forever. So whatever you're in now, it's not forever. It cannot be. This life is not forever. I was saying this to a brother in the ministry, and naturally he had to say to me, um, well, what about it, John, if we have it for the rest of our lives? I said, thank you, Tom. Well, then we, you know, we go to heaven and we won't have it anymore, will we? Right? But it's, it's not forever. And the God of all grace, what does that mean? The God of all grace. You and I are completely and totally objects of grace and mercy. Grace is when we receive blessings from God we do not deserve. Mercy is when we do not get punishment from God that we do deserve. And the God of all grace, we have been given immense grace, tremendous blessings that we have not earned from our heavenly father. And he'll extend that grace to us for the rest of our lives. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Do you know that you're living an eternal life right now if you're in Jesus Christ? Now one day you'll shed this body, get an immortal body and go to heaven. But right now, you are an eternal being and you are living in eternity. Now you're also living in, in this life who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. You and I are called as Christians to really experience eternal life and walk and enjoy the presence of Jesus Christ and, and all that that means, the mystery of that whole thing, for all eternity, forever and ever, with no end, with Jesus. Doesn't that just sound good? Did I, was it the last podcast I thought I said, you know, the most important prayer in the world is come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, because what, what an amazing time this will be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And the God of all grace, thank you, Father, for your tremendous grace on our lives. Thank you, Father, that we have been given so much grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Father, we know that every bit of grace we have received has come through Jesus Christ, our Lord. After you have suffered a little while, so whatever you're going through, right, it will not last forever. The word of God says that it's only going to be a little while. It says that he's aware of it because it says after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Now, as I said before, I want that. Don't you want to be, to be restored from whatever difficulty you're going through and be made strong, firm, and steadfast? It says he himself will will impart these qualities to you. There'll be a result 
of you going through difficulties in humility. There'll be a result of you and I humbling ourselves under God's mighty hand. It'll be a result of us casting our anxiety on him. It'll be a result of us being self-controlled and alert when the spiritual forces of darkness, when the devil who's prowling around is looking to discourage us. It'll be a result of resisting the enemy and proclaiming Jesus, standing firm in the faith, always remembering that we're not the only one who has difficult things going on. And if we'll do all that and we'll, con we'll continue in all that, Dustin, then we will, uh, then we'll come out on the other side of that far better for having gone through it. He himself, our heavenly father himself will restore us. He'll restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Wow, Father. Father, I do ask you to help us to, uh, to really live out these verses, Lord. I, I ask you to forgive us our pride. Forgive me. And, uh, and help us, Lord, to truly humble ourselves under your hand in whatever you're allowing us to go through, knowing that, that, that in your time you will lift it up, Lord. Help us to cast all our anxiety on you, Lord Jesus. We know that you love us and care for us. You gave your life for us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to convict us and help us to be self-controlled and forgive us one and all where we have consistently not been self-controlled and help us to be alert. Help us to consistently have our minds clear in the word of God and on the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord knowing that there are spiritual forces of darkness. Help us, Father, to stand firm in the faith, to resist the enemy, to resist the devil, to stand firm in the faith, remembering that, that there, are, there are many all over the world who are undergoing difficulties and trials and attacks from the enemy of many kinds. And Father, I thank you for your promise here that with all the grace you've extended us, you'll continue to extend us even more grace in Jesus Christ our Lord, remembering that we are called to have eternal glory in Christ and that by your grace, after we have gone through some difficulties, you yourself will restore us and you yourself will make us strong and you'll make us firm and you'll make us steadfast. Lord, help us to cooperate with you that we can receive these blessings. And Father, as always, verse 11 says, To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Father, we, we do proclaim to you be the power. Lord, the power needs to be in your hands. Because, uh, you know, if we were given such power, Lord, we... We wouldn't manage it well. Lord, so we say to you be the power. Such an interesting verse, isn't it? To him be the power. You understand that, 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 that your heavenly father, that Jesus Christ is all powerful. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. All powerful. To him be the power. The power for everything. To him be the power. You know, we want to take, we just want him to have all the power in every way. 
Father, may you have the power, not the devil, not the enemy, not the government. Father, we know truly all power is in the hands of our God and Father who loved us and by his grace and mercy called us to eternal glory in Christ. Lord, we know that you have the power that you could stop this at any moment and any time. I ask you, Father, to bless all those of your people who are struggling and all those who would be your people, Father. For those who are listening and don't, don't know that you know Jesus, call on them today. Say, Jesus, I, I ask you to be the Lord of my life, to come into my heart, to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, I place all my faith and hope in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Father, we ask you to help us to humble ourselves under your hand, Lord, to trust in you. And we do proclaim that you have the power and that in Jesus Christ, our Lord, that we will, Lord, soon be restored and made strong, firm, and steadfast. And Father, we do look forward to that day where we'll be with you forever and eternally strong, firm, and steadfast in every way. Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you. We thank you for, for 2020. We invite you into 2021, and we do pray that that would be, that 2021 would be the greatest year of our lives, one and all, and growing to know Jesus, and growing to love Jesus, and growing to know the love of Jesus in our lives and in growing to obey Jesus. Father, we love you and we bless you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.